Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Sorry for no episode for the past few days. I know it's been a bit inconsistent lately. Uh, I know most of you probably don't listen to every single episode, so... Yeah, I'm sure most of you don't really mind, but again, I'm, I'm just really busy. I try my best for you guys, but in today's episode, we will be discussing Melvin Gordon, Rob Gronkowski, and the MLB All-Star Weekend. You have the Melvin Gordon news. He may be out of uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers. Rob Gronkowski's had some news buzzing around him lately. We usually check in on him like once a month, the latest news with him. And then MLB All-Star Weekend. You have the Home Run Derby. You have the All-Star Game. Got a few questions with the Red Sox, maybe. Uh, so we're going to get to all of that. But first, let's start with the uh, latest on Melvin Gordon. So let's get to that. All right, so you've heard the reports by now. If you're an NFL fan, it's the biggest news of the day. Melvin Gordon, Adam Schefter uh, reporting. Well, a few guys did. Uh, but he had a few tweets and said, Los Angeles Chargers running back Melvin Gordon has informed the Chargers that unless he receives a new contract, he will not report to training camp, and he will demand a trade, his agent Fletcher Smith told ESPN. So, Melvin Gordon, you're one of the better running backs in the league. I think we all kind of know that. He is a bit injury-prone, though. We'll get to all that. He's in the last year of his deal. He's on a five-year deal. He's already 26 years old. He had a pretty big rookie deal. He has five, He's going to make 5.6 mil. That's his base salary. And all of it's guaranteed. Okay. So that's, that, that's a good chunk of money. Uh, Melvin Gordon will be worth more when he hits the market. But Melvin Gordon wants to be locked in long term. I think that's how most athletes think. Because you never know. Especially with a guy like Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's not very durable. Okay. That's my one big problem with him. Like fantasy football. I don't really pick him usually. Because I, I know he's good. But like he just can't really stay healthy. Uh, and that's really a big problem for me with him. It's one of the biggest problems. But he's still, you know, top eight, top seven running back in the league when healthy. Okay? And, listen, it's going to be hard for the Chargers to pay this guy. You're probably just saying, yeah, he's one of the better running backs. Just pay him. Not that easy. It is not that easy. When I look at this roster, the Chargers are loaded. They have, I mean, look at it, Phillip Rivers. <laughs> They're receiving core. you got... Keenan Allen, even got Travis Benjamin. Hunter Henry is a nice young tight end. So they have those guys, and then you got guys like Mike Pouncey, Russell Okun. Their, their offensive line could improve a little, but those are just a few names, especially on defense. Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Derwin James. So they got some guys that they're going to have to pay. Okay? So it's not going to be very easy for them. To, to, you know, pay Melvin Gordon this. And they also have Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson backing him up. Eckler looks like he'd be a solid running back for the future. Justin Jackson looks like maybe more of a backup, but he's shown so- like he could do something at least. No starter. But I, I look at Austin Eckler. He has stepped up. He's been able to step up. So it's not going to be easy. Last season, Austin Eckler had 106 rushing attempts, rushed for 554 yards, and had three touchdowns which means he averaged 5.2 yards a carry, okay, and he rushed for 404 yards. 
So he can do something out of the backfield as well. So he stepped up. I mean, only 106 attempts. I, I don't want to say only, but again, he's 5'10". He's only 24, so it's not like he's, you know, up there in age. He's younger than Melvin Gordon. So he's proved he can do something. Okay? Right now, he seems like more of a backup, but he has a future as a starter. I'd rather Melvin Gordon than Austin Eckler, but Eckler, you know, isn't a bad choice. When I look at Anthony Lynn... He, he's great with running backs. This is a guy who can develop running backs. He was a running back when he was in the league. So, and he loves his running backs. I mean, when you played the position, I, I sure hope you do. But it's it's your choice. Do you, do you look at it and say, you know, how high is Melvin Gordon on your priority list? Okay. How high is he? Okay. I think you gotta. I think you gotta shop around right now and see what you can get. If someone's a really high bidder, because if you look at it, you're not be like, "Oh, we need Melvin Gordon." I don't think they need Melvin Gordon. Okay, they have to pay a lot of guys. Some of these guys are gonna have to go. And if Melvin Gordon's one of those guys, and you can get a good trade back for him, you know, I, I'm all right with that because if I think you shop him right now and you know look out there because if the if these teams aren't willing to give up a lot, then maybe you decide to you know resign him or do something else. But if you see a really high bidder out there, then just pull the trigger. That's what I say. It's a running back, okay? And I don't want to you know knock this on Melvin Gordon, but you know he's the seventh, thirtieth best running back in the league. But running backs are not that hard to find. You don't need some spectacular running back, okay? Unless it's Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott, um, maybe Christian McCaffrey, I, I don't. Re- I'm not really interested in paying a running back the big bucks unless I really have to. And there's some generational talent. I don't see that in Melvin Gordon. I don't. I'm sorry. Melvin Gordon's a great player, but he's too injury prone. Even when he's healthy, I just don't see him as worth the big bucks. Again, is Melvin Gordon asking for the big bucks? I don't know. But he seems like he just wants to get in here and get locked in long term. He averaged, he had 175 attempts, 885 uh, yards, 5.1 yards per rush, 10, uh, 10 touchdowns, and his long was 34 yards, doesn't matter. Receiving yards 50. I, I bluffed with uh, Austin Eckler. So. 490 receiving yards. He can do stuff out of the, you know, catching the ball. Four touchdowns. So Melvin Gordon, I, I, you know, those stats are great for a 26-year-old. 14 touchdowns. Uh, where the, it doesn't show the scrimmage yards, of course. So you know, in my head, that's about 1,300 yards. 14 touchdowns. 1,000. What? 300 yards. One fumble. But again, just the games played, the injuries. I mean, this guy could be one big injury away from not being as good. He has had injury problems. And I know, you know, those stats he's putting up, they're great. If he if he was healthy, he may be worth that money. But the injuries, you know, are kind of weighing him down. He's already 26, so, you know, his best years, if he gets hurt again, his best years may be behind him. But if he can, you know, stay on this path, you know, Maybe in a year or two, those are his best years. I mean, he's a great running back, but I don't see him in that Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, you know, even Alvin Kamara type um, field. You know, those are the guys that I'm willing to pay money. Melvin Gordon is a great player, again, 
But the injuries, I just don't see him at that level. And I don't want to pay a running back big bucks. If he's not a generational talent, I don't want to pay him big bucks and I'll get like nice, reliable running backs. I love what the Patriots do. And it's tough because you can't do what the Patriots do. It's very hard because you just have to be – you have to have Bill Welichek. You just got to be a football genius to kind of work the way that they do with that system. You got James White, Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead. You got Damian Harris now. So it's hard to do what they do with this system of guys. They can pay, you know, pretty cheap deals and just bring in guys, develop them on cheap deals, keep filling in the spots, you know what I'm saying? And just have the system of just like solid or, you know, nothing special, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's hard to do, but I do something like that. I don't need a special running back to win in the league. I just think running back, you don't really need a great running back. You just need someone reliable who can, you know, pick up a first down on third and ones and, you know, punch the the ball in the end zone and, you know, know, someone that you can consistently run the ball to. You know, you don't feel afraid running the ball to them. Like, you know, if I have an average running back and a nice little backup, I'm, I'm all set. As long as I'm really more concerned about having the quarterback, the offensive lineman, you know, pieces on defense, the running back, lower down on the priority list, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I know, you know, Anthony Lynn loves his running backs, loves Melvin Gordon, but I don't know how much I'm going to be willing to pay Melvin Gordon. With the injuries and all of that, he's, no, he's not a generational talent. He's a great player, Pro Bowl talent. But he's not in there with Saquon Barkley again. Ezekiel Elliott, you get the point. That's a rare list. If you can crack that list, we'll start talking about paying you big money. But, you know, Melvin Gordon's great and he makes a big impact on the game. But, man, again, the injuries and overall, you know, those stats are great. But still, just still, that's not, you know, I'm not willing to pay the big bucks just because I think – um, I'll, I'll, I'll pay it some – I want to save that money for other positions that are more important, I guess. I'm not saying running back's not important, but it's a passing league today, okay, in today's game. I guess this is what I'm trying to say. I could explain that maybe a little better, but I think you guys get what I'm trying to say with this Melvin Gordon situation. I understand where Gordon's coming from. He wants to be locked in long-term, and I think he understands injuries are an issue and that he could suffer – You know, he could be one big hit away – from being off the football field for a year, going into free agency with much decreased value, and getting some eh, deal, kind of like Isaiah Thomas, set up for this big for the big money, gets the hip injury, and then all of a sudden, well, he did come back and kind of struggle. But you get what I'm saying. I mean, right now he's worth the money, so he wants to get locked in long term and get that money. And I think that goes with any player in the NFL because even if you're able to stay durable and healthy, you never know. All of a sudden, I think that goes with any sport, especially football, just because the injuries are absurd in that league. I think that goes with any sport. Any athlete knows that one day they could be worth, you know, I don't know, $20 million a year. And then the next day, they could take some big hit. They could take a shot at the knees. And all of a sudden, what do you know? They're in the hospital. They're out for the next 10 months. And all of a sudden, they're worth about $4 million a year, maybe. So, you know you know what I'm trying to say. You just never know. As an athlete, these people want to be locked in long-term because they don't know. You know, tomorrow could 
could be much different. And that especially goes for Melvin Gordon because he's playing the sport of football and he has suffered injuries before. So he knows he could be one big blow away from not being worth the money he knows he is worth at this moment, if you kind of get what I'm trying to say. But that's kind of just my little take on Melvin Gordon. I do think there are some bidders out there. I might try to set up some possible Melvin Gordon trades uh, if there is a trade request there, but I'm not going to do that today. So now we are going to get to the latest on Rob Gronkowski, so let's get to that. All right, so as I said at the beginning of the episode, if you've been sticking with this podcast for a while, we check in on Rob Gronkowski about once a month, I'd say. Usually there's new news. Once every month you'll see him at a big event. People pepper the question, and his mood changes. You know, his weight changes, his answers change, all of this stuff. He's kind of reminding me of Kyrie Irving right now because I just, you know, a week ago he's laughing at us for thinking that he's going to come back or something. I kind of forget what the direct quote was. But then a few days later he's telling Rich Eisen he may, you know, may want to come back. He's throwing with Tom Brady, you know, catching for Tom Brady, running routes with Tom Brady. So, I mean, it's it's a tough read with Rob Gronkowski right now. So Rob and, Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady on Monday met up at UCLA. And Rob Gronkowski is running routes for Tom Brady. Uh, so Tom needed someone to throw to. So this is what Gronkowski said. Tom needs someone to throw to. So, you know, he calls Mr. Reliable Robbie G the one and only. So maybe it was Tom Brady like, hey, just come down. You know, I, I, maybe it was just this. Maybe we're overreacting and it was just Tom Brady wanted someone to throw to. Rob Gronkowski's kind of enjoying retirement, missing football a little bit. And then Tom Brady said, hey, you just want to come down? You know, no, you know, Julian Edelman may be busy, whatever. I want to, you know, throw to someone. Rob Gronkowski's like, all right, sounds good. You know, I haven't played football in a bit. Maybe just get loose in case of a return, but mostly just because, you know, my good buddy Tom Brady wants me to go, uh, you know, work out with them. So, I, you know what? I'll, I'll do it. That's fine. Okay. I'm still, I still think I'm in solid shape to do, you know, a little route running for him. Um, and Gronk said he enjoyed it. It was great working out. So that's good news. But the real reason where, you know, I think most people would overreact. Patriots fans like, oh, Tom Brady, Gronk's coming back. Gronk's coming back after hearing this news. Like, oh, let's slow down. Maybe it was Tom Brady just calling Gronk and saying, you know, how come we, you know, how about we, you know, go have a nice uh, day. I haven't seen you in a bit. We'll come down. You know, run some routes. I'll toss the old pigskin to you, and then maybe after we can, you know, go out and, I don't know, whatever. Just have a fun day, because I haven't seen you in a bit. And Gronk was like, yeah, sure, you know, whatever. Like, I, you know, maybe that's it. But he told Rich Eisen, this is what, this is what he said. It's possible. While he admits he's showing retirement so far, Gronk told Rich Eisen last week that his attitude might change once the season starts. In quotes, I can't really say how I'm going to feel about it when the game starts rolling around and everything, Gronk said. So, that's Gronk saying, you know, right now I got the off. It's great to be off. You know, they're in training camp, in the heat, you know, practicing. I'm not even playing real games right now. So, right now I think Gronk's kind of enjoying that, kind of, kind of off time. But once the season rolls around, Gronk's going to watch the Patriots on TV and kind of miss it. I do think that's going to happen. Gronk knows he's capable to still play. I, I know many of these players miss the game. Like Mari Stoudemire right now trying to get out of the big three and go to the NBA. 
I don't really think he, you know, he could. But Rob Gronkowski knows he still probably could go back. He's only 30 years old. He just turned 30 years old like two months ago. So he just turned 30. May 14th is his birthday. Just turned 30. He knows he's still worthy. He did lose almost 20 pounds, though. He didn't look like he was really, you know, in shape to be a, you know. I'm not asking Gronk to be a beast if he does come back. I don't expect that. I don't expect if he comes back for a playoff run or, you know, by week 10 he's back. I don't expect him to be a beast. I just expect him to be like at least like a reliable target for Tom Brady. But this is great. If Gronk, if Gronk does come back, okay, if he does come back, and I, I just think that would be a good thing. If he comes back just for a playoff run, that's great. That might be the best thing for him because Gronk was so beat up. He was so beat up. That you know, it just it was hurting his play. He was just beat up. He was sore. So I think with this off time, you know, to kind of let his muscles heal a little bit, just let his body heal in general, might be the best thing for him. He'll come back fresh for that playoff run. He may be a bit rusty on the routes, a bit you know rusty catching the football, but I'm sure he's gonna you know. I'm sure before that. We're going to see him in UCLA again. Maybe not UCLA, but we're going to see him with Tom Brady in the future. Brushing up on his routes. You know, you know, working on his hands. They might be a little rusty as well. His game's going to be rusty. I think he, he's going to polish it up a bit with Tom Brady. You know, he's not going to be the old Gronk we saw, but he could be, you know, fresher and all of that. You know what I'm trying to say. So I'm interested to see what happens. But he does not look like he'd be a football player. He's lost about 20 pounds. He doesn't look like he's in shape to go out and play football again. So it is interesting. You know, it will be interesting, but I just don't know. Gronk, you know, when he retired, it, you know, people were like, is he really retired? Because he could easily come back. A lot of guys come back out of retirement, but with Rob Gronkowski, people were like, you know, he retired, but people weren't as sad as they should have been because they really do think he will return at some point. I'm not sold on that, but I do think there's a possibility. Uh, it just depends on how he feels. I'll, we will really get the you know a real good hint when we hear how Tom Brady feels about seeing the Patriots play. Well, he's at home in the man cave watching. How does he feel about that? We don't know yet. He doesn't know how he's going to feel. He thinks he'll miss the game, but he's not sure. Maybe you'll see him and he'll enjoy it and say, you know what, I'm enjoying retirement. I'm enjoying not getting taking these big hits, and I enjoy watching the guys play. I'm all right with just sitting here. We don't know. He thinks he'll miss the game, but he's not sure. We'll get the real answer when the season starts and he's watching uh, behind the TV. We'll see. We'll see then. We'll see the real answer. How does Gronk feel? That's one we'll know. So that's uh, touching up on Rob Gronkowski. That is one we'll know. I can't really say anything. I hope he returns. I think there's definitely a possibility, but we won't know till September rolls around in October. In that, and maybe he returns. I'd say earliest like week ten, week eleven, and I, you know, if he just comes back for a playoff run, that's fine with me. And just to try to help the team out and get back out there, I seriously think, you know, why, why would he want to come back for week three? You know, if he wants to wait till the end of the season, that's totally fine. It's his choice. If he doesn't want to come back at all, I respect that. He retired. Uh, he clearly, you know, it's not like he retired because he's mad at the team. You're just retired because. It felt like his body's taking too much of a beating. That's fine with me. His his call, he had a great career for our team. So that's kind of touching up on Rob Gronkowski. So now let's uh, talk about 
the MLB All-Star Game, so let's get to that. Sorry for that incorrect transition. We'll be talking about not only the All-Star Game, but the Home Run Derby, just the all, whole All-Star Week. I can't even call it All-Star Weekend because it wasn't even on the weekend, but I'll admit, coming into this week, it it kind of stuck up on me, the All-Star Weekend. I was so focused on NBA Free Agency that it did sneak up on me. I knew it was coming. Okay, Sunday, watch the Red Sox game on Sunday against the Tigers in Detroit. But I thought the Home Run Derby was on Tuesday, and the game was on Wednesday. Yeah, the game was on Wednesday. I thought like they had like a like one day to like go there, you know, get there. This this week went by like that. Okay, the the All Star week. I thought it was like longer. You know, they get like a day off here. The Home Run Derby day off. I just I felt like that was what it was last year. There's just it's a lot in sports. So. But anyway. Yeah, the game started, and all of a sudden, Monday, the home run derby was like, it's, oh, yeah, it's tonight. And I was in the middle of doing a podcast when it started. I told you guys I won't share my predictions because that would be stupid. I'm not going to lie to you guys and say that, you know, I made these predictions when I already watched. You know, I went and saw Vladimir Guerrero's, Guerrero smash 29 home runs in the first round. But then, all of a sudden, I was like, the all-star game's tonight. And I, then I caught Freddie Freeman's at bat, and that was it. I didn't watch the game. I, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll tell you I didn't watch. I watched the highlights. I just did not watch the game. I was a bit busy that day. But we'll start off with the home run derby. Pretty good. I liked it. Ton of home runs, the most ever. I would have liked to see Vladimir Guerrero won. I thought he deserved it, but Pete Alonso won. I've liked Alonso. I've watched a bit of the Mets, a few games, and he's been good. So, actually, he's you know, he's got he had like. Tw- uh, 20-something home runs already, so he's a rookie. So it's good to see a rookie win that just because they make, like, 500K or something, which is a ton of money. But for these rookies that make the home run derby, they are making, like, minimum when they should be making millions of dollars. Like, Guerrero, Alonso have had all-star-type years. Well, Guerrero, you know... Wasn't an all star, but he's played like one since he's been here. Like Alonso was a home, uh, like Alonso was a rookie who made the all star game, and he's making like minimum dollars. You're going to see a rookie win it, and then get the million dollars because they 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 need it more than you know. Let's say who's in there? Like uh, there's a lot of young guys in it this year. Um, let's see. Jeez, oh, now I think about it, they they seem like they're all rookies. Uh, this is one. One older guy, uh, jeez, uh, oh my god, I, I can't think of anyone that was just in this, this, uh, home run derby. Yeah, I watched it too. Once this podcast is over, I watched it. Uh, Jock Peterson, we'll, we'll just say. He's still, I think, on the younger side, but you know what I'm saying. If Mike Trout was in it, he wouldn't see a million dollars. Donate to charity, please. I knew, you know, most of them probably donated a little bit of it, which he should just donate it all. But you get what I'm saying. It's nice to see a rookie win just because they, you know, they're getting, like, minimum. So, the home runs. I don't. I wasn't really here to talk about the home run derby. It was entertaining. I thought it was good for the game of baseball. And I'm here to talk about the home run totals, mostly. Are they good or bad for the league? I think right now they're good. Right now... The amount of home runs are good. There, there are a ton. But, sorry, I'm just going to search up how many home runs have been hit. I know it's, uh, like, I think it's in the 300s. 
have been hit in the MLB. Alright, I'm sorry I didn't have this ready. Uh, but, it, <laughs> I mean, the amount of home runs have obviously been crazy. But Justin Verlander went on um, and said that, because Rawlings is the baseball. MLB bought Rawlings and, uh, you know, Justin Verlander said the baseballs were juiced and he got scolded by the MLB and had to go say, no, nah, they're fine. But, no. Um, this, the amount of home runs that have been hit, this, it just, the number's going up. We all know it. I do think the baseballs are probably juiced because we just heard Justin Verlander say they are. And the home run totals are going up for a reason. Okay. It's not because these athletes all of a sudden are superhuman. No, that's not it. It's because they're doing stuff to the bats, the balls. We all know. We all know in today's world, we have advanced technology and advanced all this type of stuff. So we can kind of juice these things. I understand why the MLB would want to do it, too. They want to make the game more exciting. We know most of the you know people that watch the MLB are older. I'm an MLB fan, but most you know there's not a whole lot of young kids that like the game. You know, as much as like the NBA or M- NFL. The MLB starting to slowly die a bit. I hate to say that, but it is. And when I look at it, they want to do this to make the game more exciting. Home runs are exciting, okay? Pitchers' duels, you know, are exciting to some people, but majority want high-scoring games that consist of home runs. Home runs are more exciting than one to nothing wins, okay? I think most people feel that way. Especially this younger generation. Like, more scoring, just in general, in sports. And the MLB right now has been, you know, called out for having a very slow-paced game. And right now, they have to fix the pace of the game. It does have to speed up a bit. I won't, you know, like, that. there's a Cleveland pitcher a few weeks ago in the Red Sox facing him. It took almost a minute to throw one pitch, and it was a ball. Like that, that's just annoying. Uh, and listen, I've heard some people say... Well, if you don't like the MLB, then don't watch it. If you're bothered by the pace of the game of baseball, then don't watch it. That's how baseball is. It's a slow-paced game. And I get that. I understand what you're saying. If you don't like the pace of the game, then don't watch. But the MLB can't just sit there and say, well, if these people don't like the pace of the game, if the younger generation doesn't like the pace of the game, then they they should just not watch. They need people to watch to stay alive. The MLB just can't sit here and say, if they don't like it, then don't watch. They need people to watch to stay alive as a organization, as a league. So they can't just sit there and say that. I understand some of these MLB fans saying it, but the MLB can't sit here and say it. They have to do something about it. The pitch clock to me, the pitchers are you know getting a little. I know the pitchers right now don't have a lot of leverage. I mean these balls are probably juiced. Okay, so they already have that to be mad about. The MLB is, you know, you know, helping the hitters, just kind of like the NFL is on the side of the quarterbacks. Right now, like in the NFL, the hitters, the quarterbacks are the hitters in the MLB, and the pitchers are the defensive players. That's how I look at it. But the MLB has to do something. The pitch clock to me shouldn't be a huge problem. Okay, if you you know you all you have to do is get the ball, step on the mound. All right. Usually there's no one on base. If there's no one on base, you step on the mound, take the signs, maybe nod off a few, get the pitch correct, take a deep breath, and throw. I mean, that shouldn't take too long. If there's a man on base, maybe you check him once or twice. You know, stealing's not that, you know, not that common, but you still have to check him. 
it shouldn't take you 58 seconds to throw a baseball. If the pitch clock's 30 seconds, that's good. We need to lower that number. You know, whether these pitchers complain about it, listen, you're taking a bit too long with this, all right? You, you know, it shouldn't. I know you want to, you know, get the pitch right, but you, you got to speed it up a little for the MLB. They just have to do it. So the home runs are great. Right now, the home runs are great. They're awesome. Because right now, the MLB is a slow-paced game. People are calling the game boring. So with all these home runs, it kind of brings that excitement factor up. Okay? And they need that. Because right now, the slow-paced game. Fast-paced sports are more the trend nowadays. The pace of play in the NBA is going up. All of these sports. You know, people want fast-paced games. So the MLB is just not with the trend. And I don't think the MLB will ever be on the trend, but they have to be somewhat, you know, they have to, they can't be this slow, okay? You have to be, you have to speed it up a bit. Okay, they'll never, the trend with baseball will never be a fast-paced game. It'll always be slow, but it has to be a bit faster than it is now. So that's just kind of how I look at it. But with the home runs, in a few years, it's going to be a problem. In my opinion. Right now, it's great for the game of baseball. It brings that excitement factor, as I was saying. But in a few years, if we can just figure out this pace of play problem, in a few years, the home runs are going to be too much. I'd say, you know, five to seven years, maybe eight years. I'm going to start complaining about the home runs, probably. at the, With this trend, it could be four years, and I might start complaining about the home runs. If we can kind of get the pace of play back to at least a you know a solid point, it'll never be fast, but at least we're it's all right, we're all right for now. People are gonna start looking for another way to improve the game. People are gonna start sitting here and saying there are too many home runs. It's gonna get to that point, in my opinion. Too many home runs are a bad thing. Too many of anything is a bad thing. Too much. Right now, the home runs are a bit too much, <laughs> but at the same time, it's good for the game. But when we start hitting 10,000 home runs in a season, that's when we have a serious problem on our hands. Okay. that Home runs extend the length of these games. You realize that. So the home runs, you know, are great. I think overall the home runs are good. But they do extend, the, you know, the length of these games. And out makes the game quicker than a home run. That keeps the inning alive. It gains momentum for the hitting team. Rounding the bases tacks on another, you know, 30 seconds. You know, it's not a huge deal, but still, home runs don't help the pace of the, the pace of the game. So, you know, the pace of the game, more home runs equals just a little bit more, you know, time with the team up at the plate, and that's going to tack on a few more minutes to the average pace of the game. So they do need a pitch clock because the numbers are, to the home runs are just going to keep going up. But at some point, the MLB needs to find a way to help these pitchers because I do think the pitch clock is going to come. Okay, the pitch clock is on its way. The um, And the, the home runs are just going to keep going up. So they're going to need to help these pitchers out a bit, and the runs are going to start getting a bit absurd. And even with the pitch clock, with with the pitch clock, it's going to help, you know decrease the time, but then the home runs are going to keep going up. And, we're, and in five years, we're going to be at the same point we are today, time-wise. That's kind of how it's going to go. Because the home runs, they slow down the pace of play. It, it, more time at the plate for another team. And I know overall it's good right now, if you kind of get what I'm saying. Right now, the home runs are good. But in five years or so, we're going to need to start to do something about it. Because when we hit 10,000 home runs in a season, 11,000 home runs in a season, 
we're gonna have to I'm, we're gonna have to start talking about fixing things. And if that's in three years, then maybe you know, fifteen thousand. I don't know, fifteen. I, I don't even want to think about that. But once we start hitting these kind of absurd numbers, not saying you know this is kind of a bit absurd, but once we fix this pace of play, get the pitch clock in, all of that. In a few years, we're going to have to start talking about these home runs. Just in my opinion, but for now, I like where it is. It brings that excitement factor in baseball. Just my opinion. What do you think, guys think about that? Uh, and now, the All-Star game. Again, I didn't watch it. It snuck up on me. I do. I love the mic'd up players. That's something you, you can't do that in an MLB regular season game. You can't do that in... A playoff game, I mean, you can. I think players go out into the field and, like, get mic'd up every once in a while. I do think I've heard a few players, like, mic'd up in the middle of, like, a game. You know, national televised game. They'll go out there, get mic'd up in the outfield, usually. I've seen that happen, but it doesn't happen a lot. Usually just for warm-ups and they're kind of focused in. But this All-Star game, it's great. It was awesome. That's going to attract viewers. Just hear, like, see the player's point of view out there. It's something you don't really get a whole lot in, you know, any sport. Every once in a while, you'll get it. You, know, you get some mic'd up players during warm-ups in any sport, but during a game, especially the All-Star game, that's really cool. I think that's going to up the views for next year. You know, it's cool. You know, Freddie Freeman, I like that a lot. That was fun. You just hear these guys mic'd up. Hear, you know, you, you can get a little story out of them. It's entertaining. You get to, you know, hear what they're kind of thinking, what they're kind of saying at the plate. You know, you get a little inside. And I thought that was really cool. Overall, this was kind of like a real baseball game. The thing that, I di- the thing that didn't bother me, but was just kind of a little ridiculous, they went to the booth. They reviewed a play in the All-Star game. When do you see, when do you see in an All-Star game, the umpires go, any sport, the refs, the umpires, whatever, go and say, oh, we need to review this play. I didn't have a problem with it, but that just shows the review, the replay starting to get a bit absurd. We're replaying everything. To the point where we're going into All-Star games and reviewing plays. We're reviewing plays in All-Star games now. I mean, listen, I'm glad they, you know, went to get the play right, whatever. Personally, I don't have a huge problem with the replay. But in an All-Star game, <laughs> again, I don't have a big problem with it, but I know multiple people do. Surprised it hasn't been talked about more. But overall, it was like a real game, in a way. They guys had fun, but they were, you saw, you know, they were diving out for some balls. It was a 4-3 to three game. You know, they, they, you know, they were throwing heat. Robbins Chapman threw, like, a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. He wasn't, like, the only one, I don't think, but I saw that one in the highlights. Um, again, I didn't watch the whole game. kind of snuck up on me, but I'll definitely stay tuned for, for next year. But no, I thought this was overall a good weekend for baseball. I did. I thought it was a solid weekend for baseball. Uh, you know, the mic'd up players again, that was really cool. I thought that, you know, made a big made up that was a big help. I think that's gonna help the views a bit for next year if they can add that. Just these cool features, things like that. Yeah, the coaches mic'd up Alex Cora and um forget it. The the other manager, uh, for the Dodgers. I, I Dave Roberts. Jesus. Uh, just another brain fart. Like, I couldn't think of the guys in the home run derby. But, no, I this the All-Star weekend sh- week, whatever, should be a bit longer. Like, the guys play on Sunday and then 
Monday's the uh, home run derby. Tuesday, you've got a game. You get Wednesday and Thursday off, and then Friday you're back playing. Give them Friday off, too. Or do something like, and then the Celebrity All-Star game is on. That no, the celebrity all-star game is it's, it's there's no point for it anymore. It's cool. It's cool. I uh, know I've watched it before. I did not watch it this year because the MLB home run derby ends at ten thirty, and I know Pacific time. You know they it's fine for them because uh, in the Pacific time it ended what seven thirty, but for us, you're starting the home run derby by the time it ended it was like ten ten thirty. Who's gonna watch the celebrity all-star game? So here's my here's what I do, I guess, is either you know I don't bump up the time of the home run derby, keep the whole home run derby the same. You can keep that on Monday. Celebrity All Star game on Tuesday, MLB All Star game on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday the boys get off. That's what I say. Thursday and Friday is a nice little off day. Then we go back. Five days for most people to rest. Some of the stars, you know, they get that Monday. Most of them go out. Watch the home run derby Tuesday. They get like a nice little off day. Wednesday, all-star game. Thursday, Friday, off. That's what I do. Because the celebrity all-star game, no one's staying up at 11. No one's at, uh, you know, in Eastern time, at least for me, 11 p.m. I'm not staying up to watch the celebrity softball game. It's just, To me, that's bad marketing for the MLB. If you're going to do it, you know, I, Pacific time, it's fine for them. You know, Pacific time, they, they probably just wrapped up dinner in the, you know, the Celebrity All-Star Game starting. That's a bit absurd, but a bit of a stretch. But still, you get what I'm saying. For Eastern time viewers, 10.30, after the MLB uh, Home Run Derby, you're not like, oh, time for the Celebrity All-Star Game. Most of us are hitting the hay. Most people don't even stay up to watch the end of the Home Run Derby. Never mind staying up for the Celebrity All-Star Game. Make that on the next Tuesday. And you can't bump up the time of the MLB home run derby because if it's at like six, I think it started at like seven thirty maybe or seven. I forget. But you can't move it up to like five because people are just getting out of work on a Monday. On a Monday, so that's kind of that's that's just kind of the thing. Celebrity All Star Game. Move it to, maybe to that next Tuesday because no one is going to stay up for that. You might get specific Pacific Time viewers, but no one on the East Coast is staying up for that game. A few people probably. I don't, I'm not you know shaming you if you did. That's fine. Because I, I can stay up. Most people can't, you know, for 11 o'clock. I just personally didn't. I, you know, I got things to do in the morning. So maybe that's just my take on it. Most, you know, for some people it doesn't matter, but think about the general, you know, consensus. If most people, you know, I, I guess I take that back because I think a lot of you know young MLB fans, or fans in general, watch the home run derby, but not a whole lot of people are going to stay up to watch the celebrity softball all star game. If you did, you know, that's fine. I'm not shaming you for that at all. Not at all. I can stay up that late. I just most of us had things to do in the morning. Most of us can't stay up that late. So that just to me, that that's a problem. And I think they gotta fix that, in my opinion. Or just get rid of the celebrity all-star game. Actually, no. If you wanna keep it, because I think if you keep it, it's better than not having one at all. Keeping it is better than not having one at all, even if it's at eleven PM Eastern time, because you have the Pacific viewers. That can stay up for that. It's just no problem. But still, you got to change it. 
if you want. You can get much more. If you put that on Tuesday night, MLB All-Star Weekend, because after the Home Run Derby, people, most people, not me, because you know, I, I just couldn't keep up with it, most people are locked in like, all right, I'm getting into this All-Star Weekend. Then Tuesday, they're like, uh, this is the event for the night, so they go on and watch it. And it's at a reasonable time. 11 p.m. Eastern, right after the Home Run Derby, is not a reasonable time for people on the East Coast like me. So, you know, just you know, stay aware of that. But anyway, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Uh, there's a lot to talk about today. I want to get to a lot of NBA news uh, tomorrow. Um, if I have an episode tomorrow, geez, it's just been tough keeping up with the schedule. But if I can, hopefully I will be able to. A lot of NBA to, uh, tomorrow. But today I heard all the NFL news. I want to get to the MLB All-Star Weekend anyway. And I haven't talked to NFL in a while. I'm getting pretty excited for the NFL season. And obviously, I love the NFL, and I haven't been able to talk about it because I, I don't like the offseason for the NFL. Except for, like, the draft, which is, you know, only covers so long. And free agency's all right. I'm not really big into free agency either. But it's all, it's all okay. I don't hate it. I, I, I enjoy it. Not as much as NBA free agency. But we'll talk about the NBA tomorrow, uh, the new challenging, uh, the new challenge rule. Gershon Yabaselli gone. What does that mean? Well, who's going to take up that 15th roster spot? Hopefully, I can get to what I do with Taco Fall if I'm the Celtics. So stay tuned for all of that. I'm sure something else will happen, and we'll talk about that in sports because you just never know. Uh, I think we might talk about like the Kawhi Leonard, you know, new contract, the KD new contract. Maybe we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, stay tuned. A lot of NBA tomorrow, but today just kind of we've done so much NBA lately. We finally had some NFL news. We had the MLB All Star. Not even weekend, but week. So I had to get to all that. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. Go follow my Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. Um, all lowercase, no spaces. Again, that's at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. All lowercase, no spaces. I know I don't have a very consistent schedule, so there you can kind of keep up with when I post a podcast. Also, currently, me and Thomas Stapleton from the Tip Off are doing a top twenty-five NBA players list. Uh, so go check that out. We just started. You're going to have to go see who my 25th and his 25th player is. We do one every day. So you're going to have to go follow. Not only because I have a very inconsistent schedule. So to figure out when I post a podcast, you're going to have to go uh, see. And I'll probably talk about the NBA players, my top 25 list. But that's going to be in like a month. So if you want to know now, you're probably going to have to go follow. So I'm not going to force you guys to do anything. But I suggest going to follow and go call in on the Anchor mobile app. Or on Safari, type in after the Buzzer Sports Talk by Aiden Mayer on Anchor. It should pop up. You should be able to send in a voice message, uh, call in on anything, any thoughts you have, any questions for me. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you next time.